Jennifer Smith, and I am here with the returning Tim Capel. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing pretty good, Jenny. Really happy to be back with Pluto, although looking at uh, Pluto of a different sort than my uh, first episode. <laughs> I don't know if we can get farther apart, except in show title. They're kind of similar in, in premise, true. right? Yeah. <laughs> what are so, we watching? Okay, so first go around, he may have joined us for... Um, the immortal grass, Degrassi, the next generation. Easy for me to say. Right. Now we're going to go to Star Trek, the next generation. Oh, I love this pick so much. I do too. I don't know. I just been chomping at the bit to do this Pluto with you, Jenny. And for folks who, you know, want to watch some Star Trek with us, um, obviously you won't check in with the same episode, uh, but it is channel 150. On your Pluto device, I think is this also available on demand? Pluto? I was gonna say we should we should um, see if it's on demand and um, you can just look it up. Yeah. By sure. episode title and do it that way. Yeah. So, so um, what? Um, why did you pick this? Well, um, I thought it's a good example of the type of program you can find on Pluto, and it's very similar to I don't know the ty- types of things you would find just on for lack of a better term, terrestrial cable mm. back in the day, if you're just channel surfing, right? Just mm. looking for something to watch, you'll land on like a Star Trek rerun um, or perhaps an episode in first run syndication. True. Um, you know, depending on what year it is. But uh show just I grew up um, watching and remember very fondly. And I, you know, you and I, as well as we know each other, as many podcasts as we've done together, mm. Um, I don't think we've ever talked about Star Trek, and I know you've mentioned in passing that you're a big fan of TNG. Yeah, I've talked about it on a couple of shows, but I don't think with you. Right, right. Um, But, yeah, so, like, this is, like, not – like, a lot of people have a lot of, um, like, detailed recall about their childhoods. I'm not Mm -hmm. one of those people. So they'll be like, in 93, I'm like, I have no idea how old I was or what I was doing or what was happening in 93. Like, I I don't relate time to, like, years that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And so it just baffles me that other people do that. But anyway, it's it's amazing. Like, I envy it. Um, But so – but one of the few things that makes it through is – uh, my mama would always have on Star Trek, and she loved this show. And mm. um, so I got hooked on it through her. And, you know, it's, it's not like we would sit around and watch it. I mean, we would, but it's just because we did that anyway. So it's like mm-hmm. it was just Star Trek night. So It's just both your thing to do. Yeah, so, and then, like you said, it was on um in syndication for forever so it's like you can always find it and um so i've seen everything at least once um probably way more than that because it is one of the staples in my house too along with something that you know you just been watched like a comfort watch Mm -hmm. Um, tng is up there with like the office or you know something like that that everybody watches all the time um so I just I fucking love I love this show in particular and I love Star Trek as a 
entire franchise. As a franchise, yeah. I was wondering about that. And I think the way that you put it, as a comfort watch, is uh, really what it is for me, too. That That's a great way to describe it. It's there's a, There is a certain nostalgia, a certain sentimentality that mm-hmm. does take me back to my childhood. But it's something that has become so enduring just as a concept where there are things that I, I didn't really understand or process as a kid that are just baked into Star Trek that as an adult, I'm like, oh, wow, that's like an incredibly great value system to sort of grow up with. Right. Yes. And um, it, it's one of those, I guess it has sort of a, a a subconscious effect on you when you're a kid. And once you have the intellectual capacity to really, um, understand you know what it is they're trying to to get across you're like oh okay there's like far worse things i could have been watching oh that's what the card was talking about that's pretty yeah. great yeah so and i mean it was space talk when i was little but now i understand it exactly so um what we're seeing right now is i, I think this is um I'm wesley crusher's it. farewell episode as like a regular character love um it, love it love it yeah, we just came back from commercial, did the opening title credits and everything, and he was informed by Picard in the cold open, Captain Picard, that uh, I guess he had gotten into Starfleet Academy, officially. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like a little away mission that they are, they're in the sh- the, the uh, shuttle, I'm not sure who this captain is, they established that earlier, um, look, don't. Don't come to me with details when it comes to, 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 to the show. I'm, I'm yeah, not that deep into it. Yeah, it's a guest stars on TNG. It's like everybody. <laughs> I'm not that deep into it, but this guy is is not a regular, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, it's going very badly. It looks like they're Captain about to crash. Durgo. Yeah, that's his mm-hmm. name. Durgo. Um, very yeah, good. Great name. Awesome. Probably. I, I was stoked when I realized what episode this was because – um, Wesley Crusher was a huge childhood crush of mine. Mm. I was, I was over the moon for me some Will Wheaton. So, oh, okay, Will awesome Wheaton. Crusher. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, and he, he, this is like, he looks amazing. Like he's so adorable. Like I still think he looks adorable. <laughs> um, I will be crushing. I'm sure he's 18 in this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean he grew up pretty fast yeah, on this he, show. He, Definitely was like a little kid when it started, but but I mean this is like probably season four. Again, don't look at us for details. For oh yeah, I, that's what I was looking at. Um, and then I started crushing on. Uh, <laughs> you got yeah, I got distracted. You fell into the thirst. I did. I did. Will we? <laughs> Has that ever been said by anyone? I don't think so. <laughs> season oh. four, episode nine. There we go. <laughs> But that's the beauty of this show is you can pop in a, in any given episode. That was very much by design in the 90s. Everything was super episodic. You know, we're, we're so used to these serialized shows today where it's like if you miss one week, you're like, oh, fuck it, I'm out. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. But it so didn't matter back then. And this is like, I don't know, one of those shows I think of as being a big part of – this sounds so pretentious, but I'm going to say it – Um pre-peak TV where, mm. you know, it ended in, what, 94, I think was its last episode. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's still pretty early in the 90s. But right. I don't know. I just feel like this show, after a 
I mean, I'll be honest, a, a pretty rough first season. Once it found its footing, it just sort of turned into like masterpiece theater in space. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, it, it, I feel like it holds up. You know, even with as much computer graphics as they did at the time, I don't think mm-hmm. it looks bad. Like, I think the, the they way remastered designed, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. And the way that is initially designed, it looks already very streamlined and modern. Like, so it's it's timeless to me. Like, mm-hmm. the design I, of everything. I remember um, hearing that they, you know, they remastered it uh, for HD once they, you know, released it. Um. I guess on Blu-ray, and I didn't really think anything of that at the time um, until I started watching it again on streaming, you know, a few years back. It was on, I mean, it's made the rounds. It was on Netflix, Amazon, everything. Mm-hmm. And I was everything. like, holy shit, this 90 show looks incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, it just looked like it was pristine. And it does. I mean, yeah. the effects are still the effects, but you can right. see like, I mean, you can see pores on people's And the costuming and the makeup and just the aesthetic, Mm -hmm. you know, because they go on all these different worlds, like all of the set designs, um, you know, they try for as many different places as we see on this series. They they make a real effort to make everything look different. And yes, and Mm -hmm. I feel like all of that stuff really holds up. And that's got to be incredibly difficult when you go. It's amazing when you think. Yeah, week to week, you got to think of some new, um, unusual looking alien. Alien. Yeah. I mean, they have their regulars, of course, but the lady they just showed on. I'm assuming that was a lady. Um, (laughs) sorry to assume gender Star Mm. Trek, but going by what we had here in the 90s, it's like you know that's. I don't remember seeing that. I don't know what her species was. I don't remember seeing them in other episodes. Like that's clearly there were some one-offs that they just threw Mm -hmm. out there. You would think that a lot of these effects would be, um, I don't know, exposed a little bit in HD, but for the most part, to your point, they hold up incredibly well. (laughs) I think so. And it's, I mean, I feel like that's pretty rare, especially for something in the sci-fi genre yeah yeah really um i mean you go back to the 60s and it's a little bit shaky exactly yeah well, <laughs> the, this i mean that's I the seen, charm of it of course yeah, but. of course i haven't seen much of the original series um, really but I, there's no way it's superior to tng no i mean it's you know it's it's conceptually a lot closer than than you might i mean mm-hmm. in terms of being very I guess, progressive for its time and just espousing a lot of the same values. Um, it, it, it's, it's right in there. I mean, my mom was a big fan of um, the original Star Trek. She, she talks about it as a child, that being her favorite show and having a big crush on, uh, on Ca- uh, Captain Kirk. And, um, <laughs> you know, she was so disappointed when it ended, you know, just that short, three season run but then they got the movies and it was like oh wow star trek's coming back and um she was not down with uh star trek tng when it started it was like that is not my star trek oh i see and apparently that was common with a lot mm-hmm. of like og trek fans um That's like they wanted wanted more star trek kind of were willing to give the show a chance but again mm-hmm. that that first season being what it was they were like mm, very different this- yeah this ain't it. <laughs> but, yeah. um, I mean, I could see that, I guess, but yeah. I mean, I feel 
I, 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 it's impossible for me to be like anything but completely biased. I, about I this agree. Show. Like, yeah. and, I mean, did you do any of the um, offshoots? Um, I don't know what to call them. I spin-offs. Mean, yeah, the Deep Space Nine. I know that Deep Space Nine has a huge following mm-hmm. in and of itself. Like, and that did get like more serialized the way we think of shows today. Mm-hmm. Um, and people love that for it. Um, there's a lot of great characters that came out of DS9, but, um, I mean, me personally, I never got, I never got as into any of the other shows as I did. Me either. I watched some of, um, well, a lot of, um, the one with Captain Janeway. Mm, Voyager. Voyager, yes. Um, and that, I think Voyager I, got crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's it some did. Wild it did. Sh- in but, ways that know, I sort of admire. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know, it was attractive for a female captain, and the premise of that is that they basically get stranded. Like, they're lost. Yeah. Lost. Um. So I'm I'm a sucker for a survival story too. So mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know that it holds up as well. It's worth a rewatch, maybe. I think I think it might be worth a rewatch. I, I, it feels like more so than most Star Trek shows, Voyager was maybe yeah. more of a product yeah. of its time, if right. that makes sense. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All these shows that are set in the future, it, it sounds weird to say they're of their time because, like, well, what right. time are you talking about? It's, <laughs> you know, it's totally make make believe. I know what you mean. A <laughs> hundred million years, in, but it's like, well, no. It's any show about the future is really about the time period that it's made in. Like, you're going to see exactly how stuff. Could, continues forward and it's just interesting from that standpoint um to look back on so yeah i think voyager might be worth a revisit i know people weren't all that kind to it uh the first go round mm-hmm. i'm not sure where opinions really land on it today I don't either. i'm not really sure about that either yeah then of course you got um inter i didn't watch any of enterprise with scott bacula no um I tried, I hate to say it, I, I tried to get into Picard. Yeah, I did too. Uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't either. Okay, I'm glad. As much, it's not I, me. See, me and you, we're, we're OGs to this. And yeah. Like, eh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I love Patrick like, Stewart. I, I love Jean-Luc Picard with my entire soul. Like, you don't yeah. understand this man. Like, he was my daddy. <laughs> I, yeah. he, that's the thing. It's like, he is everyone's favorite um, Frenchman with a, a British accent, um, <laughs> grandpa of an entire generation that we all love and cherish. And, and, I, and I know that show is probably good. I, I don't know what it is about. Um, I don't think it is good. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I, you know what it is? I think it's. I think it's just this. It's that. It's not what. It's not what TNG was. And like you and I would just like be down for probably a TNG continuation we don't want some yeah it just felt like the the people making picard um took the character and said well what's picard what's star trek really about and and instead of having all these high-minded ideas about i don't know to me like star trek is extraordinary people, the smartest people in the room, the most qualified people in the room, putting their egos aside, working together in diverse teams to solve seemingly insurmountable problems, right? 
And that was beautifully said, and I would agree. And, you know, when you get to Picard, they, they seem to think that, and I don't want to just spend a lot of time beating up on Picard. I just, it just felt like they thought that Star Trek was about this kindly old man <laughs> upset about his dead robot boyfriend, you know, like, I just, <laughs> which is a really interesting I mean, idea, but it's not Picard. You know? <laughs> I'm like, where is all this stuff with Picard and data? Like, I mean, yeah, they they served together, but they weren't like. Yeah. It just felt like it, it was very untrue to their relationship and to like what the show was. You know, it just I don't know. It, and then it just went in all kinds of. On a lot place. of that um, audience like connection to their relationship and trying to find mm. maybe or yeah. to, to pay tribute, you know, mm-hmm. to it. But yeah, they did lean into it. Just felt inauthentic to me, unfortunately. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about TNG. We're at commercial. I'm at a commercial now. Yeah, I'm at a commercial. That's, okay, so I'm glad we're synced up on commercials so far, at least. Um, the movies too. I will say it. I like the movies. I like the modern um, mm-hmm. Chris Pine version. I do too. I, I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of. Almost, it sounds wrong to say. Like I don't look for too much from those. Um, yeah, yeah. So I really, but, enjoy you know, them they over deliver. I feel like I think they. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think I really enjoy them for what they are. And, uh, and apparently, they're they're making a a fourth one. Now. Good. I'm glad. I know. Yeah, that's what I say. Is JJ going to do it or not? Is he out of that one? I forget where. Uh, um, you know, he'll probably get like an executive. Producer oh, credit. Yeah, I, I think he's out yeah. on. Right. I wasn't sure. What is he? You know. Okay. I, that's a whole nother. I'm like, where has JJ Abrams been this whole time? What's he been doing? Mm-hmm. Am I missing something that he's been doing? I don't know. I don't, uh, maybe top secret. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. Um, so the crash landed guys have made their way across the desert. Um, yes. <laughs> to a cave. Yep. Uh oh. The guys, uh, Oh, he's been hoarding water. Hoarding water. We think it's water anyway. Oh. Probably booze. I know. Looks like it's looks like it's booze. It looks like a flask. It's alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> it's medicinal, bitch. Medicinal. You said it. <laughs> he's like, you're gonna dehydrate faster, you idiot. <laughs> if you drink this shit. <laughs> He just confiscated that shit real quick, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember this episode. And mm-hmm. the thing is, they always have, like, this this A-plot where we're following our, our main characters and whatever their conflict is. And something's going to be going on with the ship that mm-hmm. we're probably going to be lost because <laughs> we haven't really been Oh, uh, we could we could piece it together. I, I'm, but with all of our experience with this show, it's yeah, not The two of us combined can, yeah. can piece we it have, together. We have superpowers. <laughs> But doesn't this look good? For it just looks so cool. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 there can never be enough shots of the Enterprise just floating through space by a planet. I mean, just the individual it's my life. sexuality. I think probably. your your sexuality is the Enterprise. The, 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 um, yeah, the, the establishing shots of the Enterprise. Troy, Jesus Christ. Mm. Yeah. And her uh, level hot in this show. And her jumpsuit, of course. Yeah. 
their Kimmel toe. <laughs> Ma'am. <laughs> how? How did this woman wear this outfit? <laughs> Look, everyone everyone brings something to the table here in the future. Yeah. And Troy, um, well, this, people are very harsh towards Troy. Like she's I don't know why. She's one of my favorite characters. They're like, oh, She's bad at her job. She just states the obvious. She's She's an empath. Yeah. She she can read people's minds. Like, look, it's probably very disturbing um, with all of that around her all the time. Like, yeah. You know? I think it takes a special person to do what she does on this ship. Yeah. Especially on that bridge with that combination of. I mean, you, you've got Jordy with his, his very analytical mind when he's on the bridge, which I, by this point, he's going to largely be an engineering. But God only knows what Worf's thinking at any given moment. <laughs> right. um, Just murder. Usually, usually yeah, his fingers are going to be very close to the uh, to be angry. The photon torpedo yeah. button. <laughs> um, Riker, obviously, I mean, he's going to be he's an open door. He's horny. Uh-huh. Just always. And she gets to fuck him. So, I mean, like, look. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with, oh, my gosh, I have to. So, there's this YouTube channel. I, I can't tell you the name of it for the life of me. But, um, of course, it. I see it in my recommendations because I've watched enough videos at this point that I am I might as well be subscribed. But it's <laughs> they're called um, Star Trek Intakes. So, what I mean by this is, you know, you know, the concept of an outtake, mm-hmm. you know, a show, blooper, blooper reel, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What this person has done, this this YouTuber, has taken um, outtakes from Star Trek The Next Generation and reinserted them back into no. the actual scene. <laughs> what? And edited it in such a way that it's, like, basically flawless. <laughs> so, what? So if you've ever seen any of the, I mean, they're, they're out there. Any of the, yeah, any of the PNGs, they're hilarious. They so are see those funny. Just dropped back into the show. Like there's oh one where, God. oh my god, I have to view this immediately. There's one where the one I think is my favorite. Um, <laughs> Worf, uh, Michael Dorn, his actor, was apparently very infamous for breaking character on set, and um, so there's one where. He flubs a line while he's standing at, you know, the tactical station like he does. And he just goes, oh, shit, and just starts banging on the console. <laughs> so the guy adds effects and lights to make it look like he's shooting the photon torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> and it blows up whatever's in front of him. He just adds another seat. Or just oh, my God. Blows up whatever shit there's. <laughs> Picard just sits back and smiles. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. I have we, we not talked about this before. I think I was waiting for this episode. Hold it out on me, you son of a bitch. I will send you. Listen, I will find them. I will send. I will send. You will be dying laughing. I, I mean, I'm sure I know all of the scenes. So seeing the outtakes. Yeah. Is, <laughs> oh you're going to recognize the scene and be like, yeah. yeah. Um, there are some where, uh, <laughs> Data will, um, oh God, um, 
who plays Dave? Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. <laughs> um, I guess his version. Everybody has their own little quirks when they break character, you know. And he would he would kind of do this thing where he'd go, wah, wah, sort of make weird noises. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so they'll add that back into like a long <laughs> diatribe, and it's like, oh, it's like Beta's malfunctioning. <laughs> <laughs> just like making this weird little noise, and everyone just kind of shrugs it off. I want to watch the whole series in intake. Yeah, I, I mean, it would probably be the it's best. It's so movie. good. Oh my god! Oh god! I love that idea. That is genius. It really is. I, they need to do it for more shows. Just every show. Every show. But um. Well, <laughs> I'm like, could it be any more absurd? <laughs> oh shit! Okay, so remind me, I, I will send you the link. Oh, oh, I will. To, to this, post to the episode description. Share it with the world. <laughs> Needs more exposure. Um, the wharf ones are the best to me. I just, I. <laughs> Something about that character. It's just because he's so fucking angry all the time, and he looks so um, intimidating and, like, monstrous. There's another one where he's just, he misses his cue or something. They're all sitting at one of those, uh, they're in one of those conference rooms talking about, you know, what to do, as as so many scenes in this show are. Mm-hmm. And... um Picard organizes the away team, and I guess Worf was supposed to get up and leave with the rest of the crew, and he's still sitting there. And Picard, he goes, Mr. Worf, why are you still sitting here? And he just goes, oh, shit! <laughs> gathers himself hilarious. and runs out. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so back, back to... Yeah, uh, we're back in the cave. Back to our episode here. We've got uh, uh, Picard has been injured by um, this ignorant drunk captain who attacked. Dumbass. Uh, he started shooting a phaser at this uh, crystal in force field that. Yeah, they found like a water. They found water source, well. and, and it yeah. was protected. So now mm-hmm. they're fucked. I can't get to it now. Picard's injured. Poor Wesley. Mm-hmm. So. I was I was thinking about like what about this show does it for me and I I know we should be discussing this episode but I don't get to nerd out like <laughs> about this. no I, I came in with you the know. same attitude I really yeah. doubted we talked much of this specific episode <laughs> unless uh-huh. it was one that was like really famous <laughs> but it's like all of their like problem solving abilities yes. to me I think was the most amazing part like and. Going hand in hand with the space exploration, just because I was mm-hmm. a huge like NASA nerd and like a space nerd, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so just the idea of what they do in this and that they come from a civilization that has come to the point where we can organize this all, like you said, the the most intelligent and a bit military, like it's. It's sort of formed in tiers like the military, but it's not. Yeah, or and there are, yeah. Right, yeah. It's, it, and there are military aspects because there has to be, um, which I do enjoy that as well. But 
it it was like the the exploration part of it. Yeah. And all of their desires to genuinely reach out and find new civilizations like like they say in the opening. Um I love that idea. I think that's mm-hmm. amazing and I want us to get to the point where we can do this stuff, you know? Yeah, and it's for somebody who's such and I feel exactly the same way for for somebody who's like a pessimist like me. I right. you know, you look around at your world today and we can't even agree on how to tie our own fucking shoes, right? I mean, it's just it's almost inconceivable that we would ever get to this place and I think that sense of pessimism is why you see so much more dystopian fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm assuming this is right. correct. Not like I've read all of it under the sun, but you see a lot more dystopian future ideas yes. out there in fiction than utopian. Right, and, like conquerers, you know, mm-hmm, you know apocalypse, invaders, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't go with like awful. a pure spirit. They're trying to dominate something else. Mm-hmm. And every future is just awful, awful. Right, exactly. You would never want to live that long to see it. Um, and, and Star Trek is just one of the few exceptions. And I think it's easy for people who maybe are a bit too steeped in their own cynicism to just sort of roll their eyes at, mm-hmm. but because it's so well crafted, I think it, it sells me on the potential, you know, it mm-hmm. just, I don't know that, I don't know that this is out there for us necessarily one day, but the show is good enough and convincing enough that maybe I could believe it. Maybe somewhere there's a timeline where this is possible. I was just going to say there's a version of humanity that, yeah, that, can <laughs> that this there. can, can get there. I, I don't know if that's us. But. I don't know if that's us, but somewhere, somehow someone, and I like, together. yeah, I, and I like that idea. You know, it's, it's, I don't want to say comforting. It's just like, mm-hmm. I like to think about it. I like to think that this is happening. And not to say that, you know, what we're doing, what they're doing isn't, um, it's not, there are flaws and they learn along the way. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, well, there's still, you know, people and in various forms. So, um, you get the same problems no matter where you are, really. Yeah. And, and we've been told we're, we're given evidence that they have made missteps along the way, mm-hmm. that they're, they're still not perfect. They're a more enlightened society. They've, mm-hmm. they've eliminated a lot of the things that, that hold us back, you know, petty grievances and prejudices have sort of all but been eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a more, you know, united, um, not just planet, but in, we're, you know, given this entire federation of planets, mm-hmm. again, mm-hmm. hard to conceive. But um, I think the what really sells it for me goes back to what what you were talking about, the idea of exploration, that, that that's what can get us there. That's what can unite us, that science is sort of the light. Yes. At the end of the tunnel. Yes. More so and, than superstition or religion or right, right you know, things and, that yeah, divide us. Because it, like in Starfleet, like there's a code of conduct. 
there's, you know, rules and it's strict, but it's not unfair. Right. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not oppressive. It's like, it's like all of you who are okay by living by these guidelines, then you're all like-minded people and y'all are the ones that need to go forward and do this. You know, like, not everybody can do this. Nobody, you know, leave their home world and go off and maybe mm-hmm. never come back. You know, it's like some mm-hmm. people aren't built that way. And these people in particular on the enterprise are the best of the best of those people. And then at the same time, they will all have a unique experience just for having lived this life. Like nobody else has ever done this. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the space explorers, their life will be completely unique to any any anybody else that does anything else. Yeah, and that's one of the things they really um, go out of their way to emphasize in, in this iteration of Star Trek. You know, the Enterprise is we're told the, the flagship of the Federation. Right? It's it's not just one of many ships. It is like the ship of ships, and it's not just strictly this this science. And, and exploration, this experiment in science and exploration, it's, you know, you've got, it's a giant um, sociological experiment. Really. Exactly, uh, yeah. Um, from the jump, from the very first episode, um, you know, encounter at Farpoint, Captain McCart is talking about, you know, we have families aboard this mm-hmm. ship. We have children. Mm-hmm. And that gives us a, a far different charge than just we're out here, you know, zipping around the galaxy, which um, which was kind of the, the idea in the, in, you know, the sixties, the original series where it was, um, how did Gene Roddenberry describe it? Wagon train to the stars. It's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, very, it's, it's, you know, the wild west, lawless, you, know, kinda, yeah. you know, somewhat, I don't want to say lawless, but, um, I no, mean, everybody was it, it, was a, it was a much more contained see. environment than, yeah. than this enterprise where, um, they, they have to fulfill a lot of, um, not just the prime directives, but their responsibilities to um, their crewmates. Mm-hmm. Just switching gears to characters a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Data was always mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Brent Spiner is amazing. And I do too. It's, I love how he is an android that is incapable of feeling. Um, and then you end up having the most feels for him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, and he, you know, he is just, like, so pure in everything. Like, and he even gets an evil twin later who I love. <laughs> yes, he does get an evil twin. <laughs> Which I do love that. Some people don't love that. I do love that. Um, I just Davis, always loved his his character. Yeah, he's fascinating to me. Um, Kind of... I guess in some ways analogous to, to Mr. Spock from the original series, but um, I mean, very much his own character. I think my, my interpretation of data has maybe changed a little bit over, over the years where, you know, again, as an adult, when I got back into really like rewatching the show on, on more of a dedicated basis, like I would watch a couple episodes a day for, for a while. Um, again, going back just a few years when I found it on streaming and I was like, you know, the thing that I, my, my big takeaway from any 
given data episode is not so much that he he doesn't have um, the capacity to experience emotions and that that he's you know trying to become more human. It's really that he does experience emotions does. just in a very different way mm-hmm. than flesh and blood mm-hmm. human beings do. And I don't know that that was maybe fully understood by those around him, but I, I think it's what the show maybe wants to get across and that he's not inferior in any way. He just experiences life much differently. And and they just showed it in so many different ways, too. Like mm-hmm. his his he would just immerse himself in every single like. And he's a computer. He he, you know he he can pick things up. He can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he would he would try to learn the arts. You know he would paint. Right. He would play instruments. He would act, and he would. And I just love that idea of every single avenue that he could think of to pursue. He always did, and he ended up being excellent at them. You know, yeah. obvious, and not for being a robot. But for being him, it's like clearly he has an intellectual curiosity and clearly he experiences love and friend. He goes out of his way to pursue friendships, not just purely as an academic exercise. Um, he has relationships. He he has a pet. You know, he has yes. that, pet spot. that pet spot. I love that cat. <laughs> um, God, in that one episode, he created a daughter who. Yes. Essentially dies. Yes. Uh, God, that is so fucking sad. Yeah, I'd be bawling if we were yeah. watching that. Yeah, episode. me too. Yeah, that, that's an intense <laughs> one. Um, I have so many favorite episodes. He talks about, I remember in one episode, it was after, um, I mean, he had sex with Tasha Yar in that Yes, one, yes, he That did. one insane first had season. And then she was thirsty. <laughs> but the, the point being, like, he was obviously... Um, that wasn't just like a one-off thing for him. He was obviously very fond of her. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was they introduced um, a character who was her sister later on, like a couple seasons later. Yes. And, you know, she was just asking uh, the various different crew members, you know, what Tasha was to them. And, you know, Data didn't talk about how they boned or whatever, but he was like, um, he, he described just how he experienced, um, grief mm-hmm. and it wasn't, you know, I, I, he didn't say like I actively mourned her, but he, the way that he, he put it was so poetic that I, I can't even, you know, rearticulate exactly what he said, but it was something like I became accustomed to her presence and found that I missed it once she was gone, you know? Right. right. Which sounds cold, but it's actually not. <laughs> but it wasn't the way that yeah. he, um, yeah, it, it sounds just on the face of it like a very cold, matter of fact statement. But Brent Spiner's delivery, because yes. he's uh, incredible playing. Yes. He is incredible. This android was, you know, just next level. Um. So, favorite tech, the holodeck, uh, obviously. Oh, yes. okay. Mm-hmm. And there's so much tech in this, but oh boy, I, you know how I like gadgets and shit. But the holodeck is like the ultimate. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I I think we um 
you know, it definitely takes a more enlightened civilization to yeah. use the holodeck for, um, I don't know, for, for less uh, puerile. Yeah, than, nefarious. Than, like you and me. <laughs> oh, my God. We would break that shit. Be a mess in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... I would just tell you it would be a. I would just fucking live there. I would. I would honestly, be like, uh, though, let's just yeah. face it, gets addicted to it. Um, I was gonna say, honestly, they touched on it, right? Yeah, they with, do. Um, yeah. With Barkley, <gasps> Barkley, that's his name. Lieutenant Bar- who was like the only not just cool a great guy on the ship. <laughs> yeah, yes. he was like the one just regular dude who kind of sucked. Yes. <laughs> like, how'd you get on this boat? Like, seriously. <laughs> um. But again, a, a great character because they made it clear that um, most of Barclay's problems were of his own making, right? It, it wasn't that um, the system didn't work for him in some way or, or that there were some kind of deficiencies in this utopian world. It's that he just – he had some personality. He had a big inferiority complex for one of, thing. Yes. Um, you know, and that, that these are, to your point, these are the types of problems that don't go away just because you've solved some of your practical and resource right. um, limitations. They are giving Wesley a real big scene right here. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, well, a real um, almost father-son moment mm-hmm. hmm, between these two characters. I almost, I almost wondered, like, when the show started, if... And I don't know. I've never really looked into this. I'm sure there's an answer out there. If the intention was for Captain Picard to actually be Wesley's biological father, like he and Crusher had a fling or something, right, yeah. way, and they don't talk about it anymore, but that's like the unspoken understanding. I sort of wondered that. I, I've always wondered that. And in my head, Canon, that's absolutely how it went. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. And I know I mean, they I talk know. about her. Probably not true, but. Well, yeah. Because like, Wesley do, talks about his dad. You they, know, he but, does, yes. Yeah, but still. But I mean, still. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just need to know some times and some yeah. dates. Um, it's like maybe somebody changed their mind somewhere along the way. Like, that was the idea at first, and they mm-hmm. just sort of drifted away from it. I don't know. Or um, Crusher knew that Picard is not, you know, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he has issues himself as a person. And yes. uh, a lot of that stems from his family. And he never really, I don't want to say wanted a family, but it was just not what he chose to do with his life. Not in the cards for him. Yeah. Right. So maybe Crusher knows that about him and is like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, anyway, that's what happened in my head, Cannon. No, I'm kind of, I'm kind of there with that because um, in some sense, like he, he had these probably very grand ambitions for himself and mm-hmm. a, a heart of adventure and exploration and, that's what gets his juices flowing. That's exactly. And and to know that, that he um had a child would mm-hmm. he would yeah. do the right thing. He right? would. He, he would and put she, all that on hold. Yeah. Right. And she uh, But yeah. he would also not be happy. Right. <laughs> uh, yes. He would he would that's a responsibility that he would 
he would shift his focus towards that responsibility while feeling like he was neglecting kind of the wider world out there mm-hmm. and doing what he really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's neither here nor there here. He's um, seemingly on the verge of death, but I'm sure yeah, he does everything, look pretty <laughs> everything will be fine by the end of this episode. That's a, <laughs> he's going to make it. No, that's it always is. Yeah. Spoiler. He does survive. Um, but yeah, this is, this is definitely a very like surrogate father son. Mm-hmm relationship that they have um and wesley's gonna come back um for episodes here and there he's he's not gone for good by the end of this i don't have my captions on so i don't know what they're saying i just threw mine on uh picard just told wesley that uh he envies him because he's just at the beginning of this this great adventure oh yeah yeah starfleet Uh uh-huh and I'm reflecting back on some of the episodes where we saw um, flashbacks mm-hmm. uh, to Captain Picard's days in Starfleet, where um, he was quite the wild one. Yeah, he was. Which, uh, you know, that's always fun to. It is. I like those episodes. Boy, around with it stabbed through the heart. Kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's right. Yeah, that's right. He's like 20 years old or whatever. <laughs> Well, um, speaking of artificial parts on Picard, what about the Borg? T- oh, talk God. to me about your Borg thoughts, because oh, to me that was like that's their like big boss, like that's their yeah main yeah. nemesis. Like for me, I hated the Borg so much. Mm, yeah, that was the big contribution of this this show, as far as like the the new villainous races. Um, of the Federation. Yeah, it doesn't get much worse than the Borg. I, I like that they, um, they didn't ever play their hand with the Borg. Like they, they only appeared really a handful of times yeah. in the series. That but was it, smart of them to do it. It that was way. really. Cause smart. I wanted every episode to be about the Borg. Right. And it would have sucked if they yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it, it feels like they were on it all the time. They really weren't. Um, just because of how, how well they kind of picked those spots. And I mean, yeah, the, the, uh, that cliffhanger where it's revealed that, you know, Picard has been taken and yeah. assimilated and oh. <laughs> Riker is just like fired. About the, it was, yeah. I mean, mm, I, I remember that. Like it was intense. I mean, it is like heartbreaking. Like, yeah, that that is one of the all time great television cliffhangers. I feel like for a, a it's gotta be season for a season finale, you, you got to wait three. You know, this is back in the days. Mm. <laughs> there, were, there weren't that. There was not like a year between seasons like with shows nowadays. But boy, three four months felt like a long time back. A whole then. summer, yeah. <laughs> to come back and see what the hell is going to happen. So yeah, they they got some some good mileage out of the Borg. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and me being who I am, um, always have to take it back to, um, to X-Men comics, of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, um, shamelessly would rip off the concept of the Borg, uh, in the nineties as well with, uh, you know, a, a, a new, um, breed of sentinels, basically. Right, right. Try to wipe out the, the mutants, the phalanx, but, uh. That's oh, here Leslie there. figured out how to get to the water. Yeah. See, problem-solving skills. See, a great problem solver. He he learned well from his time on the Enterprise. Used science 
not mm-hmm. not didn't act impulsively. Um, I think the other guy ended up getting killed. In fact, I think so. Uh, who opened fire on it? He, you know, they, Wesley used his brain and was rewarded for it. Again, just a great simple lesson to mm-hmm. impart on kids. You know, to a genius level kid. You know. Well. <laughs> You know what? If you're a little kid watching Star Trek, then I feel like you've you may you're not smart. be a genius, but you've got some yeah, yeah. got some brains. You could be sitting there watching I don't know, what was a bad kid show in the nineties? All of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did we did miss the whole B plot, I think. Uh, we did. Yeah. Tire. It always happens. Yeah, it's fine. But it looks like they're going to get rescued. Yep. Mm-hmm. She is very calm as a mother finding her half-dead son in a cave. On <laughs> Right. She's just like, Leslie, wake up. It's <laughs> cool. I do really like Dr. Crusher, too. I do, too. Yeah. You know, I, I think she she would be more um, accused of stating the obvious than I, I think Troy would be. Sure, sure, yeah. She, she got in. They did not do her any favors with her dialogue sometimes. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I like some of the, and this is maybe the the, the fan of medical dramas in me mm-hmm. as well. Anytime they would do um, some kind of um health or injury or disease scare or something like that in, in the show and of course uh Dr. Crusher would find would miraculously find the solution. Of course. I always enjoyed those episodes even Me though too. they were rather far fetched, but <laughs> yeah, you're not here for the you're not really here for the details, right? And she was real sassy with Picard, um, mm-hmm. way more than anybody else, I think, probably. She could kind of give him a little bit more. Oh, depth. yeah, she could give it back. They had the closest relationship mm-hmm. of anybody, um, I think, on the on the show. Maybe Picard and, and Riker, but mm-hmm. Riker didn't even talk to Picard the way Crusher would. No. Mm-mm. I mean, he's sass a little bit, too, but not mm-hmm. as much. Um. So I was thinking about like um like I mentioned earlier all the guest stars I was thinking of another one of my favorites was the character Q. Mhm. I would always mm-hmm. want a Q episode. Yep. Real interesting sort of character where it was like yeah, he's an alien but has godlike ability so it was pretty cool. <laughs> effectively he's god. I mean for for all intents and purposes, to human beings, um, mm-hmm. it, it's sort of like marrying these two ideas, where it's like it's not necessarily ruling out the idea of this higher power, because clearly the, the Q continuum are just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he, um, I mean, it's not like he appeared in a ton of episodes either, and it, it's another one it feels like he was always around, but yeah, they really just- wasn't. Yeah, they did it really well. Like spaced it out really well to where you know you you always wanted another one, and then right when you were like going to give up, then they would give you mm-hmm. one. I thought that his for the longest time, I thought that um, his actor John Delancey mm-hmm. would. Uh, I thought he'd be a great Loki. 
Oh, uh, he would be a tremendous Loki. Before I had any idea who Tom yeah. Hiddleston was, of yeah. course. But um, I mean, he yeah, basically you, is Loki. Mm-hmm. Just know? that trickster, the yeah. mis- mischievous, all-powerful kind of. And he he takes a liking or something to <laughs> Picard, I think, in in particular, yeah. and the Enterprise in general. And he would fuck with them. I mean, he would just be fucking mm-hmm. with them all the time. Mm-hmm. It was so infuriating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, it's hard to trick this guy. Like, you're at his whim. Like, he can do anything. And he made you feel it. He was in your face about how I can do anything I want to. And in his own way, um, kind of prepared them for the threat of the Borg. True. You know, he was like, you all are not ready for this. And just, you know, snaps his fingers and they're like, where the hell are we in the, you know, Delta Quadrant or wherever the hell the Borg in the outer realms. And it's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> it's just trying to outrun it. And uh, he's like, OK, did I get the picture? Yeah. Did I make my point? And uh, it, it was always for his own sort of self-serving <laughs> yeah. reasons. We were never... Yeah. He was always very enigmatic. You weren't exactly sure of his motives, but in, in his way, he, he, I don't know, he was kind of a, a force for, if not good, then for progress. He, he wanted to see, he, was he wanted to see the Federation that. continue to advance. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he did this one, like, uh, he put, like, humanity on trial or some shit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I remember. Um, I think it was like a two-parter episode. I always liked that one. But then we got to see, like, I, from what I recall, he was sort of like an outlier fringe even in his own race. Yeah, within the continuum. Yeah, he was like a problem a, for them. Yeah, didn't they uh, take his powers away? I want to say they did, yeah. Left him as a human. Yeah, and that was fucked up. Yeah, I like that. And he hated it. Yeah, he like, well, of course. I mean, shit. <laughs> He was so fascinated by humans, and it was like, oh, so this is what you're like. You have these bodies; these are so gross. Know, like you right? have to eat. You have to. <laughs> they have to show him how to eat and how to <laughs> like, share the bathroom and everything. <laughs> the clamshells. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that was another uh, tech. I was going to talk about the replicator. Oh, the that's probably my favorite. Fucking there. awesome. Yeah, just. Punch some shit up and have you have you some to go right there Just in your the computer. Computer, I want this. Bam, there it mm-hmm. is. Fuck, that is amazing. You imagine just getting your edibles on demand and whatnot? Go so crazy. Um, I, I think you know, like poor kids, like me, I was a poor kid, and mm-hmm. like just the thought of like being on that is crazy. Uh, so I think that sticks with me. And we no, are just build on to the next episode. So. I'm like. Man, I got fucking powdered milk in the in the refrigerator, and I could have this thing sitting next yeah. to my nightstand. Yeah. Just order whatever the hell I want. Doesn't cost anything. There's no there's no like food prep time, and there's no seemingly no programming. You don't have to put ingredients in it. It just three D prints you whatever you How want. How does it work? I don't just know. <laughs> 3D prints, whatever, whatever you Liquid, your how does it print liquid? I don't know. I guess it just, you must have to put some kind of fuel source there in it. There has to be something. Contains the subatomic elements that in combination can just make anything, right? I'm sure there's an entire Wikipedia 
just devoted to the replicator. Um, so I should probably look into that to figure out. There must be. What happens? Um, but anyway, uh, I could go on and on. Um, <sighs> me too. We might as well stop since we already didn't even talk about any of that episode. So. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, the episode has, has now ended, um, while we were, uh, rambling, but that's the thing. Like, I, I just knew. And I'm so glad that we are uh, so like-minded when it comes to this this show and have similar, like, um, <laughs> big feelings about yes. it. Yes. I don't, know how, else, I don't yes. know how else to describe it. And for a show that is so, again, cerebral and science-based and, mm-hmm. and you know, science-forward, really, to have, like, these heavy emotions about it feels almost um, – I don't know, antithetical, but it's it's just very fitting to me. It is. It, it, it reaches out to all of my personalities, so mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm <laughs> You're right. You know, just I identify on like eight different levels. So. Yep. Same. <laughs> uh, so what else you got going on for pods that you want to promote? Oh, gosh. Do I even know? Um, well, Jenny, you and I uh, have some wrestling content. Uh, professional wrestling content that is that is over on place to be nation wrestling so subscribe today if you're not already to place to be nation wrestling we do a show over there called uh, talking wcw with our dear friend greg phillips we do another show called ptb nxt with jacob williams i called jacob williams jacob smith on one of the last no you did not yes i did um And I don't know how that happened. I guess, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I married y'all or something. Um, okay, well, we've all merged. So. <laughs> we've all just merged into a gestalt mm-hmm. being, which yes. is what happens on most That's episodes fine. of PTV. That's yeah. true. It gets a little um, a esoteric. But uh, <laughs> beyond that, um, uh, we have as well our, our sister network called the North-South Connection. And on the North-South Connection, you will find me uh, co-hosting a program called 9021 NOSO. It's a Beverly Hills 90210 uh, retrospective where we just go episode by episode. It's not a live watch, so not like um, this episode, not, not like uh, you heard about Pluto where we live watch something. No, mm-hmm. we've already watched the show. We, we talk about uh, the episode. We're going in order. We're still on uh, just the first season of Beverly Hills 90210, but really just about five episodes left to close out that first season. Hard to believe that is myself and JT Rosero and a rotating third seat each episode. So Jenny, you've been on it twice now, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And certainly we will have you back. Um, but if anyone is, is interested uh, in joining us for 90210, so just reach out. You can find me on Twitter. I am at, Psych six eight C Y K E six eight on Twitter. If you want to get in touch to talk, you know Star Trek or nine zero two one zero. You want to get booked for the show. Um, we definitely are going to need guests for that. Uh, got a lot of episodes to cover, so do not have to be an experienced podcaster <laughs> to get in the rotation there. But um, yeah, feel free to hit me up for anything and everything uh, on Twitter. Oh damn! And, you just said that, didn't you? Uh, you know, I, I took enough of a break from social media that I'm kind of, kind of okay with it. I, I'll, I'll pump the brakes if, if, uh, 
if things get crazy, but I think think I'm willing to put myself out there All right, right now. I like it. I encourage it. All right. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. You covered think, uh, um, our stuff well. So um, Yeah. Well, we I'll, also did, um, I should mention, a, a Freak Out Drive-In somewhat mm-hmm. recently, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. So I'm really glad that show is back. I, I've always loved your horror pods, Jenny. That's something else we are very like-minded about. Yes. And, like uh, we most love, things, honestly. Like a lot of, yeah, we're kind of two people split in two. Um, yeah. <laughs> one person split in two, I should say. Uh, so we watched Anaconda for Freak Out Driving. Yeah, we did. And um, that was a grand time. Talked well. about our love of snakes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, especially uh, your love of snakes. Yeah. So I've had a, a couple of good episodes of Freak Out Driving recently. Um, Graham Cawthon and I watched uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Fucking classic. It was it was a great time. Um, Graham was really fun and drunk on coconut rum. Yes, he was. And uh, recently, me and Josh Richer watched Scream 2, and uh, that was really fun as well. Mm. So um, check out all of that stuff. Um, possibly a new Talk and Pop coming soon. We'll see. I'll have to get with my co-host on that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe Talk another... Started. Yeah, no, another um, Bianca's play. first time, too. i got to do one of those. And um, I think that's it. I'm on Twitter at Jenny Position, and I have a Facebook page. You can rate, review, and all, all that fun stuff. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jenny.